0: Coming to you via the internet and your friends at PipesMagazine.com, it's the Pipes Magazine radio show, the show that harkens back to the days when men were men and no one had heard of manscaping. Now I invite you to sit back, relax, the smoking lamp is lit, here's your host, Brian Levine. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Pipes Magazine radio show, yes, the sometimes irreverent, sometimes educational, but always entertaining weekly pipe smoking broadcast, and I'm your host Brian Levine, coming to you from the recording studio built here at my home office, just outside of Charlotte, North Carolina, and on this week's episode, in pipe parts, I have a tobacco review, and I'm going to warn you right now, I have a tobacco review of Captain Black Original, that's right, Captain Black Original, and don't, 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 and Don't hang up the show right now. Don't push stop. Don't fast forward. I want you to listen to this review because uh, it surprised me. And then my guest is uh, novice pipe smoker Warren Bile, who is also has a, uh, a uh, pipe and uh, tobacco related project that he's been working on. So we get to hear from him and music, mailbag and rant. All that coming up on this week's episode of the Pipes Magazine radio show. Uh remember you must be of legal smoking age wherever you are to listen to it. Please leave iTunes ratings and reviews. Those are absolutely wonderful. We love those. And we gotta get all that out of the way. And uh there you go. Um uh, just a little heads up, a couple of shows coming up will be pre-recorded. Why? Because I am in the process of moving over to a new computer. And uh, who remembers last year when I updated my computer and almost killed the show? Yeah, remember that one? That was about a year ago. Uh, This time uh, I'm going to uh, record way ahead, so that way you don't have to worry about it. Uh, And here in North America, we finally caught up to Europe and did our time change, so now it's getting dark, getting cold. yeah, anyway, uh, to my friend Rob down in Australia, you're welcome. There's Here comes the sun, so you get some warm weather again, finally. Uh, but that's part of the reason why I decided to go after and try out this Captain Black, but I'll tell you more about that when we do the uh, review. All right, everybody, sit back, relax, fire up a bowl, and here we go.
1: There's nothing quite like hunting at dawn. Or smoking my genuine Missouri Meerschaum corncob pipe, an American legend since 1869. It's the coolest, smoothest pipe I've ever owned. Check them out at corncobpipe.com.
0: And we are back on the Pipes Magazine radio show, and uh, let's talk Captain Black. Now, first of all, why did I do this? Um, I'm not known for smoking aromatics. But I did have a request from a friend to take a look at this and try it. And it's someone who is familiar with Captain Black. Doesn't listen to the radio show, but was familiar with Captain Black for years. And I thought, all right, you know what? All right, for the, for the uh, you know, for uh, I'll throw myself on the sword for the sense of humanity here. Uh, and I decided to try it for two reasons. One... It is getting to be colder weather here and smoking indoors, you know, for a lot of people means switching to aromatics to make it more pleasing to everyone around you, especially those Latakia lovers that, you know, want to stink people out. Uh, But, you know, an aromatic is nicer for indoors it's nicer when it's around maybe you're sitting outside in a you know sitting outside by a fire pit with people that are non-smokers an aromatic is more pleasing to the people around you and two captain black moved from being made in the lane limited factory in tucker georgia to now being processed and packaged in uh, denmark in the scandinavian tobacco groups factory And i thought well i wonder if they've done anything different to it so i bought a pouch i ordered it about uh, three weeks ago in fact i ordered it when i ordered my uh, carolina red flake with perique so that'll give you the exact date and it came in and i was sitting there looking at it and thinking well all right the last time i smoked this was probably uh 15 to 20 years ago so Uh, It was so long ago that Captain Black might have just been Lieutenant Black back then, but no, I mean, Captain Black is a, it's the number one tobacco sold in the world, all right? More Captain Black is sold in the world than anything else. Uh, And I had to smoke it when I was working for Peter Stokeby so that I knew what we were up against with our other, you know, with our products and what matched up and this, that, and the other. Uh, I wanted to see what was different. And the minute I got the pouch, I said, okay, something feels different to me. Uh, I popped open the pouch and opened it up and noticed right away that its moisture content is dramatically lower than it used to be. Uh, Captain Black to me used to be fairly, you know, fairly wet and fairly full of toppings and goopings. Uh, Captain black to me used to be kind of sticky when you would pick it up and now it's not Uh, I will say that the aroma in the pouch is not overwhelming it's not very descriptive the uh, look of it is very appealing there's nice large pieces of tobacco there's different colors in there on the downside, I did find after going through the, you know, digging around through the ounce and a half pouch, I found a couple of really substantial stems in it. Uh, so, you know, not a, not a, uh, not a raging endorsement to have a two inch long stem that's, you know, going to poke your fingers. But at the same time, I was really surprised. Um, and I do have one. So I, so I started to smoke it. I have one briar pipe that, I'm willing to put unknown aromatics in and give it a try. And it did fairly well in that. And I thought, well, maybe I got to, you know, maybe this pipe, the, the pipe wasn't perfectly clean. So maybe I need to try it in something else. And I grabbed a brand new unsmoked Missouri Meerschaum corn cob because I do keep uh, corn cob pipes around, especially. Uh, you know, every, every I've said it in the past, every time there, every time Missouri Meerschaum's at a pipe show, I try to get one of their reject bags. And so this was a pretty standard size, Missouri Meerschaum corn cob and I packed it and I was, I'm thoroughly impressed. I I know, I know. I hope nobody's driving and crashed their car, uh, because I'm thoroughly impressed there is a little bit of tobacco flavor that I can pick up. There's a little bit of a topping. It kind of reminded me in smoking it of a uh, vanilla coffee of some sort. You know, so maybe like a, uh, you know, like, like a, a, you know, just uh, imagine a very light vanilla scented coffee. Uh and it smoked well, and it wasn't too wet and goopy, did not plug up, but it did really well in the Missouri Meerschaum corn corncob pipe. I'm pretty sure it might have done better in my other pipe if the other pipe was really clean and you know didn't have ghosting from other stuff in it. And, you know, that pipe just kind of sits around in a corner somewhere. Uh, but anyway, I was very impressed with it. So impressed that I decided to smoke a second bowl. And that's, <laughs> uh, the second bowl was not as great, but it was still very good. So again, my, uh, my suggestion is if you're, if you're looking for something to smoke around people, uh, try captain black in just a straight, uh, you know, in a, in a brand new unsmoked Missouri Meerschaum, uh, give that a try. See what you think. Now, why do I think it changed? Aha! yeah, I think it changed. And I think it changed because it got moved to Europe and they have to adhere to the European standards. And I think they had to back down the moisture level. And I think they had to back down the flavor level because in the European Union, you can't have any descriptive flavors. Uh, In fact, you can't have any descriptive flavors to the point where the pouch just says, uh, delightfully aromatic. Yeah. Yeah. Rich black Cavendish and mellow-tasting Burleys, uh, delightfully aromatic, A zesty, flavorful adventure in pipe smoking. That's it. That's all it says. It doesn't talk about any casings or flavorings on it, uh, and I, and it can't. So I think the <laughs> I think it's quite possible that somewhere down the road they had to reformulate it and move it. And I will say that this will now be a really good tobacco for me to, uh, you know, keep it in a a Ziploc bag and keep it as fresh as possible for as long as possible. But for times when I'm going to be around people that are, you know, less happy about smoke, try Captain Black. And this is Captain Black Original. All right. Comments, questions, email me, Brian, at PipesMagazine.com. Hope nobody got hurt when I revealed that I actually liked it. And in just a moment, my conversation with Warren Bile. This is Internet Radio.
1: Have a look in your tobacco cellar.
0: What do you see?
1: Think of what you smoke, what you age, what you're drawn to in a blend that keeps you wanting more. That's your taste. And whether you know it or not, you've been leading that expedition since you first picked up a pipe. Just by smoking what you like, and liking what you smoke. But the funny thing about taste, it changes, and you need a wide selection to accommodate it. We at Smoking Pipes know this, and you know it too. So whether you're searching for a tried and true favorite or a singular boutique mixture, we're here to help you navigate the voyage of your evolving tastes. But you're still at the helm, smoking pipes in faithful service of the hobby,
0: we are back on the Pipes Magazine Radio Show, and joining us for another Seven Questions with a Novice Pipe Smoker is a is a Texan. So I might have to speak a little slow because they're because you're from Texas, and I might use big words, but I <laughs> promise. Uh, but you've survived meeting Steve Fallon because you've visited him at his pipe clubs, (laughs) um, novice pipe, smoker, Warren Bile, Warren. Welcome to the pipes magazine radio show.
2: Brian, thanks for having me. I really appreciate it.
0: (laughs) And I guess I, before I said that, uh, I should ask, so did you grow up in Texas?
2: Well, you know how it goes. I, I, I'm not a born and bred in Texas, but as the saying goes in Texas. You know, I got here as fast as I could.
0: Uh, so where'd you grow up?
2: So I was actually grew up in the beautiful Pacific Northwest, uh, just a stone's throw from the Canadian border between, uh, you know, Seattle and Vancouver. Ooh. And yeah. And I was, it was interesting childhood because outside my window, I had a, a 12,000 foot mountain and I just thought every, every kid growing up had a 12,000, 12,000 foot mountain out their window. And of course it wasn't until I, moved out of the state that i realized that that wasn't true
0: (laughs) does texas have a 1200 foot mountain in it
2: yeah you'd have to look pretty far wide to get to find one here it's it's pretty flat
0: yeah uh so did you uh you spend all your time up there growing up and what what got you out of there
2: well you know it's just um getting married and, and, uh, you know, moving back to be closer to my wife's family in the Midwest is really uh, where it went from there. Um, You know, I, I did have a, you know, was planning on, on, uh, you know, doing uh, a a career in sacred music was really what I was starting uh, to pursue. But uh, you know, before my senior year in college, I, I had an accident, dove into a swimming pool, uh, fractured the base of my skull in seven places, and my hearing disappeared uh, instantly. And and so that really changed the course of things. So I was, uh, that's kind of was part of the the genesis to go and and uh, you know, God taking you on a different path. So uh, I've been working in technology ever since, and that's what brought me to Texas here, what they call the Silicon Hills.
0: So you went from wanting to do faith-based music to doing software
2: yeah you know and, and it's an interesting thing because i mean uh i didn't re- realize this but people have told me this that people who have uh you know mu- musical abilities that translates pretty well into the technology field you know whether it's it or or software development and what have you, and and so um, I, I didn't seem to have much of a, uh, a challenge transitioning outside of, you know, just getting over the the challenge of of, of not being able to hear, and and uh, yeah, it was after. A, thankfully, my senior year of college, I didn't have any more true music classes, so I was able to finish and graduate, and uh, then got my cochlear implant. The uh, a month after I graduated and, and, uh, that's really helped me to continue to communicate and be, uh, successful in life. And, and, uh, it's, it's been just a great journey since then.
0: Yeah. So, so apparently, um, there was a, there was a bigger plan for you and you had to change courses. Absolutely. Yeah. So what kind of, uh, what, what kind of it stuff do you do? Can you like fix the reason why my computer runs slow?
2: Well, I, I've been through the whole, the whole gamut of, of, you know, doing IT work for corporations and, and, uh, the components of that to software development, to the marketing side of it, which is kind of where, where I'm at now. So, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a big space. Wow.
0: Yeah. And there's a lot going on in that central Texas area where you are. I mean, there, there's a lot of it going on down there.
2: Yeah. It's, it's, it's uh it's really really booming a lot a lot of more uh, tech companies are are moving in all the time
0: i i know we, we pick on texans for being a little slow and talking funny but yeah there's a lot of, there there's a lot of smartness going on there and then you got over in houston you got uh, you, you got nasa with a few rocket scientists so i <laughs> i'll stop picking on texas i promise maybe <laughs>
2: <laughs> that's right i mean you you've got all of that i mean you, you you do have have steve fallon and and he's he's a great guy uh you know um but he's he's as true as they come as a as a texan but yeah you've got the NASA guys in houston you got all the technology folks in in austin and and whatever you want to call for dallas all the banking finance money guys up there
0: yeah so let, let's get into your questions but before that how did uh, how did pipe smoking kind of come into your world
2: so that's a great question I mean for me it's kind of was a a, a interesting little journey where you know i I thought like most 18 year olds you know you're like oh I'm gonna grow a beard and mm-hmm. you know after about two or three weeks it just looks like your electric shaver is broken and it's not doing its job (laughs) um so i I just never grew a beard until about four years ago uh you know i had uh, two sets of vacation that were kind of close to each other and i figured i'd just let it go and it didn't look too bad and and so started growing the beard out and still have it today and but I, i was looking for okay what do i do with this beard and you know and I, I found a guy online who has a great channel on hair care, beard care, and what have you. A guy by the name of George Bruno. Yeah. And 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 George had some stuff, some some good videos on pipe smoking. I went, like, you know, that's that's interesting, you know, and uh, really thoughtful in in you know the the value and and uh, and so I thought one day I was just okay. I'm gonna give this a try stopped in at the local, uh, brick and mortar here in Austin, which is um uh, pipe world and mm-hmm. picked up a cob, picked up, you know, some bulk aromatic and went home and said, well, let's, let's see if this is uh, something that I like or not. And I, and I did, I thought it was great. And off I went from there.
0: So you had a, you had a really good brick and mortar to help you get started besides watching the YouTube videos as well. Yeah. Yeah. And, and did you, did you meet big Kyle?
2: I don't know if I, not, maybe not the first time, but later. Yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. One of my favorite, one of my favorite customers, cause he would come into our booth and you knew you could see him from a mile away. So, all right, Let, let's get your questions going. Are you ready? So question number one, you survived getting started smoking a pipe what was your aha moment that got you past the trial period
2: well that's that's interesting because i i mean i i don't think i'm that different from a lot of other folks where you know i didn't get brought into this by you know family members that were pipe smokers or anything so i was just trying this out of the blue and you know the air max i tried weren't that bad but it really wasn't until i till i went and, and got some some more quality English blends and tried them that I I really what captured me was the 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 all the different nuanced flavors happening I I was like wow this is much more uh surprising or interesting to me than than uh maybe the aromatics were so that was really the aha moment getting getting a quality English blend and and it really grabbing me
0: and of course you had the advantage of YouTube videos and the, and, and a good brick and mortar nearby to show you how to pack and light a pipe. So yeah, getting the right tobacco would have been the next step.
2: Yeah. And and, and that's true. I mean, uh, having the, having those videos help with, with a lot of the stuff up front with the, the packing and and knowing what to expect, but yeah, they, they can't, they can't really give you the whole experience until you sit there and find that that tobacco that that really speaks to you initially
0: so we'll go on to question number two now uh what tobaccos did you try based on a recommendation that you did not like
2: well brian there's really only been one that i really didn't like and i we were visiting family uh in ohio and I went into a local tobacco shop, and and the lady that was working there, I just asked her, what do you recommend? she had a tin of uh, Cornell and Deal's Crooner, and and I smelled it because it's got the, um, uh, you know, the vanilla in there, the the deer tongue, and it smelled great, and and so I bought a tin of that, uh, but when I when I got home and tried it, it just, wow, it just. The first bowl just didn't work for me i <laughs> i I need to go back and give it another try, but I don't know if it was the deer tongue or or the burly it just it just uh wasn't no <laughs> or
0: or maybe you just weren't feeling croony at that point and it just yeah maybe another try at it and it, and it may it may make you yeah. croon
2: yeah maybe I need to have maybe i didn't have some some uh being in the background going or something like that 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 might have helped.
0: That's a perfect place for us to take a break. When we come back, we'll have more with Warren in just a minute.
3: Being at the forefront of craft tobacco production for over 20 years, we've been involved in some rather interesting projects at Cornell and Deal. From the seller Series to the Small Batch Project, we're extremely proud of how far we've come. So moving forward, we wanted to take it back to basics, and that's what the Burley Flake series is all about. Burley is an underrated varietal, but there is a ton of nuance there. Using various condimental tobaccos to accentuate different aspects of the air-cured leaf, each blend in this series is intended to showcase different individual subtleties inherent to Burley. It's a simple concept, one that I think really speaks to the essence of what we do at C&D. As a crew of folks who just love tobacco, it's also really good. Cornell and Deal's Burley Flakes series, wherever fine tobaccos are sold.
0: We are back on the Pipes Magazine radio show, visiting with uh, novice pipe smoker Warren Bile. And uh, (laughs) every time I say your name, I keep thinking of the... uh, the Mr. Bile from, uh, it was in Monsters Inc. One of the monsters was a, uh, I think his name was Phlegm Bile. But anyway, I'll get over that. That's better than picking on Texas. Uh, are you ready for your next question?
2: I am. Fire away, Brian.
0: All right. How has your preference in pipes changed over time? You know, bent versus straight, uh, large, small, rusticated versus smooth, and so on.
2: Well, I'd say, you know, my preferences initially, I mean, and maybe it's from, you know, so many bent pipes being used in movies. I thought the bent pipes would really be uh, something I would like uh, more than a straight pipe. Um, I I think I like them both equally now. Uh, The one thing that hasn't changed at all, I mean, growing up in the Pacific Northwest, and there's a lot of, you know, cedar and redwood and and wood production there i I tend to appreciate the grain uh and so i'm i've always liked smooth pipes and i i I probably always will just it's not that i don't like the the sandblast or the rusticated they just they don't speak to me like the smooth pipes do
0: do you miss all the the trees and the mountains now that you're not living near a whole bunch of trees and mountains
2: yeah at least at least that's me you know uh Parking back to home a little bit.
0: Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and and you don't get quite as much rain where you are now either.
2: That is true. Much less rain. Yeah.
0: <laughs> All right. So your next question is, uh, what was your holy grail pipe when you started smoking a pipe, and what is it now?
2: Well, when I—that's a great question. When I first got started, uh, you know, I I obviously trying to understand all the information about pipe smoking. I got books, and one of the books I got was uh, Richard Hacker's book on Christmas pipes. Mm-hmm. So I started going after the Kamoys Christmas pipes, and um, at the time, I thought the initial one, which was uh, produced in lower numbers than the rest of them, uh, the 1976 Christmas pipe, would be the hard one to get. And, uh, you know, it took me a little while, but I, ha- I have the first... The first 10 of those and and uh yeah i may be crazy like some pipe smokers i i smoke them uh on rotation on christmas day based on the year so this christmas it'll be uh the 1981 oh, uh, wow. christmas pipe and then and it won't get smoked for another decade
0: i absolutely love that so you so yeah you've got one christmas pipe for each year and you're <laughs> And you've got enough willpower to hold off and save those. Uh, yeah, they'll get ten years in between each smoking.
2: Yeah, we'll see. We'll see how well I do it with that, but that's the plan.
0: <laughs> I love it. Um. So, what are you looking for now? Anything in particular? Is there is there a year of Kamoy's Christmas pipe that you need that somebody might have out there?
2: Well, y- y- you know, probably from. For me now, it's probably to be looking if, if if it were, you know, any pipe would be something from you know like the Iverson family, you know, something something that really is is from those carvers that really set pipe making on its on its current course. That would be the holy grail. I mean, it, it it's not something that I'm pursuing right now, but yeah, if you want to you want to call it any. Any pipe in the world, what would you be looking for? Yeah, it would be, be something from from the storied Danish carvers. Yeah.
0: All right. And your next question, are you ready? Yep, sure. What are a few of your favorite guests from past episodes and why?
2: Well, I'd have to obviously say Steve Fallon. I've been lucky enough to meet him in person <laughs> going to, to, to some of his uh, his pipe clubs that he has in in waco and he's absolutely just as wonderful as he sounds on the show it's tons of fun um and uh, besides steve probably fred Hanna as well i i i kind of you know have the same thoughts as fred and how he approaches pipe smoking wanting it you know, to be a uh you know really wonderful uh event if you will and uh so i i, I really appreciate what he shared on your show as well
0: Boy, you're buttering up Steve really good, Steve. I hope you're listening. Uh, his his ten gallon hat's getting up to twenty gallons if you keep it up too much. <laughs> uh, but your next question is, what is your favorite thing to do while smoking a pipe?
2: Well, for me, it's just sitting on the on the back porch and just you know watching the sunset and really not doing anything besides contemplation. It's all about uh, you know relaxing and 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 that's. Part of, part of my, uh, you know, pursuit of pipe smoking was, you know, I, I, I had a, I had a run in and, and uh, with a health health challenge. And the doctor says, Warren, there's really only four things you can control a knife, what you eat, uh, how much exercise you get, how much sleep you get, and your stress. And he says, the last thing is the one you should focus on the most. Um, and so pipe smoking for me is definitely that. Uh, relax, contemplate. Uh, unwind and
0: with you being in a digital world i would imagine you spend a lot of time hunched over a keyboard looking at you know looking at a screen so that unplug and you know getting to the physical pipe would be a real good stress reliever
2: absolutely you know and and you know as as my eyes are already telling me you know uh staring at at uh, computer screens for 25 plus years is it's not been good for me. So, you know, sitting there and, and disconnecting from that is, is, is really, you know, uh, a big part of my pipe smoking experience.
0: And would it, I, I guess it would really detract from your pipe smoking experience if you had some sort of media going or even a book, because that would, that would make you focus your eyes again on something small.
2: Yeah, and, and, you know, and, and I know some people, they, they love uh, reading a book. And, and you know, we've I, when our local pipe club was doing some of the virtual clubs and, and, and with Zoom, that's, that was fine. That's great. You know, but, yeah, I, I pretty much just want to relax and, and just let my mind wander where, it's, where it needs to go.
0: Yeah. All right. Your seventh question is you get to ask me a question. Anything you want to know.
2: Well, Brian, I've got I got a question that was kind of gnawing on me a little bit because mm-hmm. I know you've, you've, you've taken a vacation over to the Mediterranean and you've got some history with working in the travel industry. And so, so my question is like this. Uh, if, if you were to, and this is what kind of popped in my mind with some of the shows you were sharing with what, what your trip was like. If you were to lead a pipe-smoking world tour, What would that itinerary look like? Where, where would those stops be? And, and, you know, what would that look like?
0: Wow. So if we were going to do it in, in in the, in the, the trip you're thinking of, that would be focused on pipe smoking and, and pipe related stuff, right? Not just, not just a bunch of happy pipe smokers going somewhere. Correct. Mm -hmm.
2: Right, right, yeah. Going, going to see uh, the seven wonders of pipe smoking or whatever. However, you want to view it.
0: Well, I think if I was going to do that, I think we would. Uh, I I think we would probably start off in Louisiana for a. Uh, first of all, New Orleans is nice and centrally located in the United States, so we'd start there, and we'd go up to the St. James Parish and see the perique. I would try to time it so that we're there when the uh when they're starting to press the barrels so that we get to see the leaf and maybe have a crawfish uh have a crawfish boil or two. Um from there we would have to go to North Carolina. We'd have to go we'd have to come back by my house and uh go visit the fields where the where the Virginia leaf is still being grown because I think the, uh, the important thing is to understand that in the pipe world uh, the tobacco came first. And so let, you know, let's see a couple of places where tobacco is still being grown and, and they're not too hard to get to. Um, Then from, from there, I think we would all go to, uh, a place that's on my bucket list is Saint Claude, France, which is the birthplace of the briar pipe, um, and the Chacombe factory, or which is the which is the Chapuis Camoy factory, uh, where your Camoy pipes are made. Um, and that would give us a that would give us both the history of the briar pipe, and we'd get to see a pipe factory. Um, uh, the, the thing that I, you know, the bubble that I'm going to burst for everybody is that, you know, I've been in several pipe factories and a lot of them look the same on the inside. So once you've seen one, you've kind of seen them all. So from, from Camois, you know, from St. Claude, um, then we could go down to, uh, Northern Italy, And maybe hang out with Mimo and go out and harvest some briar together Uh, you know and get all hot and sweaty something I've never done is harvest or cut and process briar so that would be fun for me Uh, and while we're there Costello's nearby and there's a couple other pipe factories that are easy to get to so we could see an Italian pipe factory just to get a different perspective Uh, we could drink espressos which I really like all the the espresso in Italy is just great. Uh, I think it would be interesting at some point possibly to go to London and if you go to London, all you're seeing is all the things that used to be, so that may or may not be on the uh, on the hit list of stuff. But in reality, I would end the uh, I would end the tour in Copenhagen. And we would convince Tom Eltang to let us into his shop. Um, And we'd have to go when the weather is nice because his shop's not all that big. But if there's a bunch of us, some of us would be hanging outside. Uh, But then we could hang out and visit with a artisan pipe maker. Uh, So you'd see where the tobacco is from, where the pipe was, where the factory pipes are from. And go to Copenhagen where you can see an artisan pipe maker who is, you know, who's got a shop that you can go and visit. Uh, we could go to the Danish pipe shop and I know I'm going to insult the Meerschaum pipe guys by not including Turkey into this trip, but you know, the predominance of tobaccos are, uh, uh the predominance of pipes are briar. And you need to see where the Briar's from and you need to see where the tobacco's from. And as long as we're in Denmark, I'm pretty sure I could swing us a tour of the McBaron factory, which is just a two hour train ride really from Copenhagen. Uh, And then we would all end up in Tivoli gardens because Tivoli is absolutely beautiful. And Tivoli was one of uh, Walt Disney's inspirations for what Disneyland should look like. So why not end it there? So How does that sound?
2: Where do I sign up? Sounds great. Let's go.
0: (laughs) Now the price is (laughs) um, outrageously expensive because of all those weird flights and transportation and everything. Uh, But if anybody wants help and advice on doing that, you know, holler at me. I can put you in I can put you in contact with people. Uh, Problem with St. Claude is it's nowhere near a real airport so you got to drive or take a train and so on and so on. But yeah, that would be a fun trip. Um, there'd be a lot of outdoor smoking, so we'd have to do it when the weather is, you know, relatively nice in Europe because I've been in Denmark in February and it's just cold and nasty and bitter, uh, but yeah, uh, I got one question for you. All right. That's not on the list, uh. Tell us about turbo tin.com and how is it doing?
2: So, that's a great question. I appreciate that. Um, you know, we that got started shortly after I got into pipe making or, or uh, pipe smoking because. Uh, i was frustrated trying to go i'm reading online you know like you said there's all kinds of information out there trying to find these blends that people are recommending and i go from one online retailer to another and one has half of what i want the other has the other half and and taking long time to get it all sorted out i'm like man somebody has to have something dedicated to pipe smoking for for finding and tracking what's available from a tobacco perspective and um I reached out to Steve Fallon and some of the other guys uh, in the community and everyone came back with oh, I don't I really don't think we have something like that And so it was just an idea but my, my nephew who was a physics major at the time, computer science minor and he was at our our house and, and I was just telling him about my idea. Literally about a, a day and a half later, he go he goes, Hey, Uncle Warren, come over here, and look at this and he has a prototype. And I said, Wow, this is you know basically going out and and it's programmatically acting like a a user and just finding everything that a a a site has available from tobacco and it captures it all and puts it in uh actually it happens twice a day and so that people can find what they're looking for and so yeah it's it's been just uh adding more and more as, as my nephew has time to more into it um notification capabilities and things like that but really just Hopefully, it's just a, a nice little resource for the pipe smokers out there to help them find what they, what they're looking for. And we we see it get we see it get really active. You know, when like uh, special releases come out, it'll get really active. People are trying to track down who has what's left of that special release, and hopefully, mm-hmm. we help them help them find what they're looking for.
0: Yeah. Uh, so it's Turbo Tin T U R B O T I N dot com, and <clears throat> all it does is help. Tell you what's available where, but I ran into this situation a little bit ago when the release of the Cornell and Deal, uh, Carolina Red Flake with Parique, the small batch was out, and I wanted to order some other stuff. And, uh, you know, yeah, so all it does is tell you what's where and how much it is, so and it's free to use, right?
2: Yep, absolutely.
0: Yeah, so TurboTin.com. I think I mentioned it on the show once before, but check it out. Uh, Warren, we will wrap this up with the fast five final questions. No right answer, no wrong answer, just whatever comes to your mind. Are you ready? Ready. What is your favorite pipe?
2: My favorite pipe has to be the first pipe that was ever gifted to me, and it was my nephew who did the work on TurboTin.com. Uh, he actually was raised in Turkey, and so he called up some Meerschaum mir- carvers over there, and have them give him a little video tour of their shop, and he picked out a uh, Meerschaum that he wanted to give me for my birthday, and had it shipped over here, and and uh, it's uh, it, it's uh, it's just a priceless gift.
0: Uh, and what is your favorite tobacco?
2: I, I prob- you know, I like all kinds of tobaccos, but probably the one that has really gripped me the most is is Mac- oh. Wilderness that was that was one blend that really just wow really really uh just really impressed me with with all the nuance and and so i try to get as much as i can from from steve even though he doesn't have a a, a special uh you know texas discount or anything for <laughs> the locals uh i try to get it when i can
0: <laughs> yeah that that would explain the fred Hanna. Uh, appreciations cause he blended that one. So, uh, what is your favorite drink? Uh,
2: favorite drink, uh, coffee in the morning, uh, like a good Texan Dr. Pepper during the day and, uh, an old fashioned at night.
0: Good old 23 Dr. Pepper. Uh, what, uh, when it's time to relax, do you prefer a book, a movie or music?
2: uh i'll take a movie
0: and sit down with your pipe and watch it and and then finally do you have a favorite pipe smoking related memory
2: i'll probably have to say uh my first pipe show uh which was the the 2019 uh, texas pipe show Uh, that was uh just the first time i'd really obviously i had been to the the Austin Pipe Club and, and met the great guys there, but but seeing this community on a grander scale uh, was was just fabulous, and and uh, really enjoyed that. Uh, got to participate in a slow smoke and enjoyed that, and so yeah, that was a that was a great memory. Looking forward to uh, obviously what happened is right after that five shows went went uh, the way of the dodo bird because of uh, COVID, but looking forward to those all getting back online again.
0: Yeah, boy, I miss Las Vegas. But, uh Warren, thank you very much for coming on. Thanks for doing turbo Keep up the good work with it.
2: Thanks, Brian. Thanks for having me.
0: And we'll be back in just a minute. A Savinelli pipe is a testament to a long
4: legacy, fortified by well-worn hands and destined to be enjoyed for generations. For over 150 years, Savinelli has been dedicated to sourcing the world's finest briar, committed to pushing the boundaries of pipe design, and devoted to the tradition of Italian pipe making. Savinelli is more than a mark. They're a way to help you make your mark. And like you, there can only be one Savinelli.
1: This is Internet Radio.
0: And we are back on the Pipes Magazine radio show. Yeah, check out TurboTin.com. Uh, You know, it just helps you find out what's available when and where. That's it. It's free, too. All right, for music. Um, First of all, let me apologize because last week's piece of music was not suggested by Jess Steer, and I figured that out the day after the show went up uh and just reminded me of it about three days ago that was suggested by andrew knapp so thank you to andrew uh however uh, Jess did have a song that he wanted to hear and it's by nickel creek who of course you know scott Thiele had something to do with that so we get to hear nickel creek when you come back down
4: You gotta leave me now You gotta go alone You gotta chase a dream One that's all your own Before it slips away When you're flying high Take my heart along I'll be the harmony To every lonely song That you learn to play When you're soaring through the air I'll be your solid ground Take every chance you dare I'll still be there When you come back down When you come back down My greatest fear will be That you will crash and burn And I won't feel your fire I'll be the other hand That always holds a line Connecting in between Your sweetheart and mine I'm strung out on that I'll be on the other end To hear you when you call Angel, you were born to fly And if you get too high I'll catch you when you fall I'll Catch you when you fall solid ground Take every chance you dare I'll still be there when you come back down Take every chance you dare I'll still be there when you come back down When you come back down
0: And, of course, that is uh, Chris Thiele of Nickel Creek, son of Scott Thiele. Uh, By the way, Scott Thiele, who is a a platinum recording artist and has a platinum record, I hate to tell you this, uh, Scott, but um, Jody Davis now has a double platinum, so you got a little bit to go. So we've had uh, two platinum recording artists on the show. We've had a Grammy Award winner. Uh, anybody went on an Oscar Emmy? No, not that I know of. How about a Tony? Anyway, Monday, you've got mail. Tuesday,
1: Wednesday, you've got mail. Thursday, Friday, you've got mail.
0: And remember, if you have a comment or question, you can email it directly to me, Brian at PipesMagazine.com. That's B R I A N at PipesMagazine.com. And odds are, I'll actually respond to it and I probably won't lose it. Cause I'm trying to get better at that. Uh, But anyway, uh, or you can go on to the Pipes Magazine radio show page on PipesMagazine.com, log in, it's free to do all that, and you can post a comment right there on the page. Uh, Got this message from Eric Weaver. Absolutely loved the last episode with Rich Esserman. So good to hear the conversations between two guys with such a long experience in the hobby. Keep it coming. Yeah, I, you know... Uh, again, my uh, you know the Saturday Zoom group that uh, Rich is part of, I'm one of the young guys. And I like just sitting back and listening in. Uh, and let's see what else we got here. Uh, regarding last week's show with Rich, we have uh, Dino. Uh, Dino says, uh, an absolutely wonderful conversation with Rich. You guys made some great points that can get both newer and seasoned collectors thinking about things to consider when buying a pipe. I like the idea of you two doing more conversations on pipe smoking topics. It's like sitting in the smoking area of a pipe show, listening into a discussion between two well established collectors and picking up tips and strategies to make collecting more successful. I also enjoyed your music selection. Your closing rant was spot on. It is vitally important to support those musicians who work, whose work you enjoy. Thanks for a very entertaining show, Dino. Yeah, and you know, Dino's been smoking a pipe since uh, Captain Black was probably Corporal Black. But that goes way back. Uh, Casey Ghost writes, I greatly enjoyed the show with Rich Esserman. I think people got a great look at what you guys look for in a pipe, and they weren't necessarily the same thing. You spent a lot of time discussing briar density, which I thought kind of silly since density equals weight, and that leads to a heft factor. You placed a lot of emphasis on weight of the pipe while Esserman was kind of blase about it. Yeah, well, (laughs) uh, that's to be expected as Rich smokes a much larger pipe than you do. Personally, I look at a pipe, and if it isn't appealing to my eye, it's out. Then I kind of check the physical dimensions of the pipe to be sure it is suitable for me. I like to be sure the bowl is round and of proper dimensions by sticking my thumb in it, and it has to pass a pipe cleaner. Then I hold the pipe. Does it have a natural feel when I hold it, or is it a little awkward? Then I ask the person selling the pipe if I can put the pipe in my mouth. If he says no, I move on. If yes, I put the thing in my mouth gently to see how the pipe fits there. If it feels good, we move on into negotiations. I don't play hardball with the guys here. I usually say okay or just move on. Occasionally, I will say another number. Uh, Music wasn't bad. Not sure about the rant, though. A lot of musicians are leading big lifestyles. It's a little hard to believe they aren't getting paid. Yeah, some of those uh, I don't know. Some of those, uh, you know, YouTube and Instagram musicians, I I don't get it. But anyway, uh, let's see. Uh, Umber Piper writes, thought you might want to point your listeners to this well-made YouTube video. The couple taking the tour are very kind and thrilled to be taking the tour. They interact with a couple of the floor employees with great respect. The husband spends just the right amount of time of focusing on machinery and the process while his wife asks many intelligent questions. And what he's talking about is the Flat Cap Pipers uh, report or videos or YouTube uh, YouTube thingies from the... Uh, Sutliff Factory Tour and from the Pipe Show. And he is absolutely right. Uh, They did a great job. So if you're looking for a really good uh, review of the show and a visit to the Sutliff Factory, go on to YouTube and search for Flat Cap Piper, three words. And, yeah, again, they did a great job. Yeah, it was kind of fun for me to watch his videos of the old factory where I used to run around the back and they'd make sure I didn't try to put too much stuff in my pockets either. Uh, but again, and Flatcap Piper's got a great YouTube channel, so check him out. Uh, Kurt wrote me and he says, uh, My name is Kurt and I've been listening to your show for quite some time after hearing about it on Country Squire. You may or may not remember a brief note that I had written to John, David, and Beau last December regarding my one-and-a-half-year-old son's diagnosis with brain cancer. It was a brutal six months of treatment, but my little guy is now cancer-free and is a happy, loving two-year-old. After getting the good news about his recovery, my wife and I decided that we needed a fresh start and moved us and our four little boys across the country from western Washington State to the Raleigh, North Carolina area. Uh, in hindsight, we may have moved a little too fast as it's been a struggle to adjust for the, few week, for the first few weeks here. Uh, in an effort to settle in and find some small comforts, I was hoping that you might be able to recommend a good pipe shop in the greater Raleigh area. I, and I sent him some recommendations. Uh, then he says, I haven't been smoking a pipe long. I bought a Missouri Meerschaum corn cob and the Middle Earth sampler from the Country Squire last December. And have gone through maybe 15 bowls. But it's become something that I can't imagine not having in my life in some facet as the times change. Uh, thanks so much for the content that you put together for the pipe smoking community between you and the guys at country squire radio. I felt like I had a few companions that I could count on for a mental break during the turbulent year that my family just went through. Take care. And thanks so much for any insight you might provide to a newbie like me. That is uh, first of all, let me tell you uh, as a father of a child that has health issues, boy, there is nothing worse than that. Cause you know, as a father, you're supposed to fix it, not not watch any problems happen. But uh, yes, I'm always thrilled when I get to hear that this show is a respite from the world and you know something that you get to look forward to. Uh, and then finally, going back to last week's show with Rich, uh, Dan Locklear writes, Dear Brian and Rich, it was another brilliant pipe duet from the two of you this week. You probed lots of interesting topics, and it was a a most enjoyable show. Congratulations, Encore! (laughs) Uh, Of special note to me were your comments about current Costello productions and their mouthpieces. I wonder, too, if anyone else has also noted another aspect of change. For a while now, I've noticed that many of the Costello shapes seem to be more chunky as opposed to more graceful and eloquent i have also i've noted this especially with my favorite costello shape the dublin of course i seek out lightweight pipes 1.4 ounces or under so perhaps they are just creating more for the larger pipe collectors Although I'm not quite sure that most of them, Rich, would would not be big enough for you. (laughs) With every good wish, Dan. So, yeah, thank you very much. Yeah, I think, you know, factories change sizes, shapes, proportions, and, you know, new managers. And it's kind of like when a restaurant comes under new management and they start, I don't know, know, twice baking the potatoes. Anyway, there you go. Again, comments, questions, email me, brian at pipesmagazine.com. And in just a moment, a rant rave. Yeah, tomorrow afternoon I have to report for jury duty, and I am looking forward to it. Why? Well, jury duty is a right, it's a responsibility, and it's a privilege to be able to serve on a jury here in the United States. Now, for those of you not in the United States, jury duty is where you are—people uh, uh, of you know, general people of the public—are asked, and in most cases, required to come and serve as a juror in a court case that has to go in front of a jury. You know, tried in front of 12 people of your whatever likeness or you know, of you know, of your nature, or whatever. So, anyway, I have to go do that. And I am going to go do that, and I am going to go, and I am going to be honest. Now, here's the rave. I've had a few people that I know that have told me, here's how you get out of jury duty. So you go down there, and you say, uh, whatever the cops say are right. Or you go down there, and you dress like a slob, and then da-da-da-da-da. No, you shouldn't have to get out of jury duty. You go down there, you you do your civic duty to serve or not serve. Uh, In my case, I'm kind of hoping to not serve. Uh, The only reason I'm hoping to not serve is because since we moved four and a half years ago, we're in a different county. And now I will be down in downtown Charlotte at the courthouse, which is not real convenient. And... They don't have a really good outdoor smoking area. Why do I know that? Because there is no smoking anywhere on the court property. So if I want to, you know, on the breaks, I want to go out and have a pipe. Well, I got to go outside, go across the street, stand on the street corner, whatever, blah, 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 blah. You know, that stuff. So anyway, don't try to get out of jury duty. It's a privilege and I am much happier to be a juror than be the one that is being tried. So there you go all right uh, thank you to uh, warren for joining me thank you all for tuning in and until next time
4: That guy just says bullshit. Thank you.